today is January 10th, 2022. First episode of Kicking Dirt with Mike and Adam in the new calendar year. Are you excited about this or what? I'm excited today. We got a great guest on today. So we kicked the year off with a superstar today. Well, that's, exciting. That's awesome. You know, not like every one of our episodes is always extremely exciting, but to start off a new year with the gentleman we have today, it is exciting, Mike. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who, who is on Kicking Dirt with Mike and Adam today? Uh, we have agronomy manager, Mark Jeske. And Mark, you're out of Johnston, Iowa, right? That's correct. And uh, a little bit about yourself. How many years have you been with Pioneer? Oh, well, first, thanks, uh, Mike and Adam, for having me on. So I've been with Pioneer since 2007, been with the, the agronomy group in Pioneer, supporting the Pioneer brand that entire time. Really uh, coming to my current role, uh, managing our, our agronomy information resources uh, beginning in 2014. I never really did follow you that much on Twitter until you started doing those videos. And I like those videos you did. <laughs> they are got a little bit of animation in there and uh, you get really hard hitting agronomic information. I, I really encourage you to keep those going. I like those. Got a deadline for the next one here. I got to meet, but yeah, that was a, a fun new thing for me last year. And it's, you know, outside of the comfort zone for me, I'm you know, the, the guy that works behind the scenes and, you know, sends out the, the resources for, for everybody else to use. So getting out doing those videos is been a new experience, but a fun one. Yeah, they're, they're great. And uh, Mike, I think he must have a better marketing budget than we have because his videos do look way more polished than anything we've put out. <laughs> yeah, that and yeah. why. I tell you, the hardest part of them is they give me a hard limit of a minute to talk. And that's uh, not my uh, standard way of doing things to con you know, condense things down to a minute. So there's always a lot to talk about. So it's so, usually so I have one... to do a lot of trimming on the content to get them down. Yeah, as, as we all know, anybody that has agronomy in their title position, I think we're just natural talkers. You know, it's like, I want to tell you everything, how this is all going to work. And one minute, you, you got to summarize too much. And none of us like summarizing data or specific information, especially on your side, all the research data and everything that you've seen compiled and put together over the 15 plus years. When somebody asks you a simple question and wants an answer immediately, how do you even give them just like an answer without full explanation? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's been one of the, the core challenges of what I do in my role is, you know, effective scientific communication and, um, you know, being able to, you know, to tailor the level of detail to the audience so that they're, they're getting something out of it. Generally, when you're talking an agronomic topic and you got to keep someone engaged on that, it, you got to be hard hitting with it. You got to have interest and like it or not, there's a timetable of attention span that you got to get to the point right away. So, um, well, let's, let's try this out real quick. So Mark, I got a question for you. Is the sky blue? Well, it depends what time of day you're looking out there. And <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we got cloud exactly. cover. So there's a lot of factors that come into play in that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are the what are the big projects you work on? I know you wear many hats, Mark, and, and, and agronomy and a company our size is a big bucket. I mean, there's so many agronomists and there's so many topics, but one of the things you work on and coordinate is the Pioneer Agronomy Research Summary Book. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So that is one of the, the main projects every year for me is, is uh, developing that publication. So, and it's you know, a timely discussion uh, because we have, we prepare them right at the end of the year so that they can be out 
shipped out to our agronomists right at the beginning of January and available for winter meetings. 2022 edition is available now. So uh, what those are, it's a really an annual compilation of all the uh, agronomy information, research results that we've put together over the past year that's in a nice, uh, nicely formatted hard copy book. Yeah, pound per pound. There's a lot of information in here. 160 pages in the book weighs about a pound, I think. Uh, if you lifted one of those boxes up, pretty pretty dense in, in, in weight and pretty dense in content. I try to have a, a pretty good diversity of content in there too. So it's, you know, we continue to call it the agronomy research summary book, which is what we've called it for years. It's really more than that now. It, you know, at the time it was originally published, it was primarily a, a compilation of research studies that were done during that year. So it still is that. We have uh, Pioneer Corteva research in there, some of our on-farm research studies, as well as some university research studies that you'll find summarized in there. But we have a, a wider diversity of articles, you know, from quick fact sheets on insects and diseases that might have been relevant to the, the past year's growing season. One of my goals with the information that we put out for Pioneer is to really differentiate it from others in the industry and do some, some real uh, comprehensive deep dives around a topic. So yeah, a great, great example of that is like on page 14, I was looking um, on the uh, multiple ears, same shank article that you have in there. And it, it was interesting, you know, you got information from the University of Illinois, Iowa State University, uh, Corteva observations, and then what it looked like in different geographies, you know, and then at the end, you got, you know, management considerations. What, what can you do about it? This is what happened. This is what can you do about it? And, and it's, it's a nice rounded project versus just a little short article. Uh, it, it is a deeper dive when it comes to these pro issues and, and not just something for this year and what might happen next year, but five, six years down the road, it's still a very pertinent article. Yeah, that was a, a fun one to write. Um, first of all, because I, uh, in addition to my work at Pioneer, I, on the side, farm with my dad and my brother in Northern Illinois. So the the, the subjects that we're seeing at home are always near to dear, near and dear to my heart when I write about them. And, you know, we saw a lot of that on our farm that, you know, multiple years on the same shank. So some, several of the pictures in that article are from, from my farm in Illinois, but um, that was one too. One of the great resources I have is just our, our pioneer team of agronomists. So that was kind of a, a corn uh, growth and development oddity that was starting to show up and, you know, situations like that, I can, you know, leverage at university research, as I, as you mentioned before, but also, you know, throw a, a, an email message out to our, our agronomists and, you know, what are you seeing and where, and, you know, get really a kind of an overall picture of what this, this looks like, and, you know, found out that this was a pretty widespread phenomenon in, in 2021, that you know, we had it in Illinois, I heard about it in Indiana, and then as far west as Nebraska. Yeah, we certainly had it out here too. Yeah, I remember our agronomy manager, uh, Dan Burning, had asked for some some photos, and I know I submitted some of those in there, and I was hoping, you know, I'm pretty sure one of these <laughs> photos in this book here could have been from, from my camera roll, so I'm waiting for my claim to fame on that, Mark, somewhere, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't. <laughs> I don't see any recognition of Adam Banks on that. <laughs> I'm looking at that going, man, I, I'm pretty sure I took a lot of those pictures, too, just like that, you know, but they all look the same. So where did, you know, obviously the history of Pioneer has, has really been founded on agronomy in general. 
And that term anymore, it's pretty loose what agronomy really means. I mean, you can put it in the title of everything, but, you know, agronomy to me is, you know, helping, helping growers obviously find different solutions to, to their problems, finding ways to be more creative and, and helping progress this agricultural industry in general. But where did the, where did the book come from? Where did the, all of this research over the years start? I mean, how did it become published the way that it is and, and the articles that are sent out and the things you can find on pioneer.com? You know, you manage the mass majority of all of this information coming in everywhere, but where did it truly start? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's two interesting questions there is where, you know, the history of this publication in particular, but also within the context of what agronomy has been within Pioneer historically. And that's, um, you know, it's really written into the, really the core mission statement of the, the brand and the company that you're providing management suggestions and uh, crop management research, you know, has, has been a core part of the Pioneer business you know, dating back to the, the 50s and 60s. So that's really uh, an important part of the, the identity and has been for decades. That's only words on paper unless you have the people committed to really seeing through that vision. And that's what really impressed me when I came to work at Pioneer was finishing up grad school and looking for jobs. And, you know, I came from a farm background and I wanted, it was something I wanted out of my career was to really do something where I was having an, a direct impact on the farm, you know, have that connection to production agriculture and looking around at jobs and with agronomist in the title and you know, kind of, you know, I was uh, finishing up my PhD. So really a, a research and, you know, data-driven kind of person looking at agronomist jobs. And, you know, a lot of them was, they were looking for salesmen that know something about agronomy. And that just wasn't what I was looking for. And then I got, got the call from Pioneer and met the agronomy sciences team at Pioneer and realized, you know, this is something very different that, you know, this is, this is a team of, of scientists. Uh, several of them were at the time I was hired, we had a team with multiple uh, PhDs worked in several of them in academia at some point, you know, corn extension agronomist, one was a soil scientist. So a real diverse array of research experience in the team. Um, so that's, I think really makes Pioneer unique is that the commitment to agronomy and then the, the rigor, the scientific basis to it. Yeah. And, and I think that's the power of this agronomy department is the, the people we have in the field, the, just a the vast number of field agronomists, product agronomists, and, and technical specialists that uh, all feed into this. Uh, when you want to have an article on some subject, uh, you probably got 20 people to go to in that given footprint and, and can get a lot of feedback just from them in the field, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've managed this publication since 2014. I've been involved with it in some way since I started with the company in, in 2007. So it's um, in its current iteration, it's back and really the, the agronomy sciences team in its current form dates back to the early 90s. So we had our, our crop insights publication, which we've published continuously for over 30 years now. Uh, is our, our flagship agronomy in-house agronomy publication that was launched in, in 1991. So current lineage really dates back to the early 90s. But um, as far as publications of uh, crop management research results, that I don't know how far that dates back in the company. Honestly, I uh, one of my colleagues retired uh, a few years ago, and uh, I inherited a, a box full of old files and books from him. And you know there are. 
there are publications like the Agronomy Research Summary Book dating back. The oldest one I have in there is from 1969. So wow. more than 50 years. Um, and, that, and that was, it was a lot of fun for me because this is a big part of my job and you know, has been for the last several years. And just to see you know, that, that heritage and that tradition uh, and that, that commitment to agronomy that I'm now a part of is really uh, uh, kind of humbling. You know, what would be really fun is to go back and read yeah. some of those agronomy articles from 50 years ago and see what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, be- we, we're going to, we're going to need you to get those out on the web so we can read them. <laughs> you know how they say everything in life comes full circle, right? So I want to see, I want to see what was going on in the sixties and what kind of research and things we were looking at and see how much more of that starts getting implemented back into what we do today. You know, maybe it, obviously different precision, uh, different levels of implementation, but theories, ideas, you know, concepts, man, that would be, that would yeah, be interesting to see. That, that would be a deal. Yeah. It's, it's fun to dig in that. I might have to throw some of those out on Twitter because it's interesting. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of the fundamentals are the same. So looking at, and you, you go back enough years, it's hundred percent corn focused. You get back in the sixties and seventies, but looking at you know, population, hybrid maturity, row spacing, a lot of the, the fundamentals around corn management are there. And then, you know, any new, new products, uh, insecticides, new herbicides that, uh, come on the market, they'll, they'll address in their, their research. So yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of fun to dig back and look at that. How, how hard is it to keep this publication going without duplicating, without regurgitating same information year after year? How do you keep some of this stuff relevant for the amount of information that's involved in, in this book? You know, is it in a couple of years, are we just going to have three or four pages versus you know, 150. Um, that's, I mean, there's, I wish there was, I had a whole team working for me to create new, uh, agronomy content. Cause I mean, there's so much that we could do. There's, you know, the questions that come up every year and, um, you know, you bring up a good point there about, you know, up, updating, keeping information current. That's really a change that we've seen, um, in my time, uh, with our agronomy information at the time that I started, it was very seasonally focused. And now, we made the decision about 10 years ago to put our entire agronomy library available for free online. So it's all the, the information is out there and we'll, we should circle back and touch on that at the end. But so at that point, it became also a priority to maintain really a core library and to keep that information current. You know, so many of those, these topics, um, you know, some of the, the basics of what we've learned there stay, to, stay the same, but there's, you know, new new research, new nuances to that just unfolding continually. So that's become, you know, since we put the library online, that's become a big part of my job as well as making sure some of those, those core topics that you were keeping that information updated with, you know, the latest research, uh, the latest products that are available, really make sure those are, those are relevant. That's a great key point is around how these fundamental topics change as varieties and hybrids change too in their interaction within these uh, things. Because, you know, I'm looking at like soybean management in the book right now, Cercospora leaf blight and purple seed stain, varieties and also environment changing 
which changes how these diseases and things affect the crop. It's great to see that continued advancement in research as times change, because the one big thing that we look at in, in these two is nutrient availability, you know, fertility in general. And there just hasn't been a lot of new research on fertility in my mind since you know, a lot of the stuff was baked back in the seventies from university research, but I really appreciate how you, you get some big topics, but then break it down into such specific things that it makes it more relevant and more interactive in exactly today's environment. 280 plus bushel corn versus 180 bushel corn too, and what those interactions are. Yeah. And that's something that really hits home. You look at back at some of those, those older publications from several decades back. The questions have stayed the same, but you know, management and hybrids have, have shifted. I mean, it's the first thing that you notice when you look back at those old publications is, you know, you're talking some of them, the corn yield levels of 130, 140 bushels. And that's different animal when you're producing uh, 250 in terms of nutrient removal, in terms of residue that you got to deal with. So uh, just the, the progression uh, in, in hybrid technology has, has changed a lot of those pretty uh, basic questions and topics around corn management. This model of education where you said the entire agronomy library is online for free and, and where you can go get material like that, this, this, I think this is really appealing to a lot of the younger growers today. They're, they're used to finding things out on their own, you know, going online and uh, Googling at a topic and having a topic show up on their computer. What a fantastic way to find it. And, and it's all available online, all 50 years of research and articles and, and very professionally done through this. Where would they go to find some of these things, in, in your opinion, Mark, the most efficient way? Uh, so the, the print copy of the agronomy research summary book, those go out to our, our agronomists. They'll be available at, at winter meetings in a lot of cases. So we don't just uh, mail those out directly en masse to the countryside. So uh, talk to your, to your rep or agronomist. Uh, the information in it is all available uh, within the agronomy library on pioneer.com. Both, there's, a, there's a PDF of the, uh, the full agronomy book and then all those individual articles as well as you know, several hundred others uh, are available in that agronomy library. I tell you what, pioneer.com uh, was revamped here two years ago roughly somewhere in that yes. time frame. Two years ago. And, and I tell you what, this thing, it is a great tool for anybody searching any topic that has to do with growing crops. Um, you can get right on there now, go to the agronomy section, on-farm research, growth and development, general management, nutrient management. You can click on those and it will take you directly to published articles within that and then the search box, easily type in just ideas of what you want. And it brings up all of this, uh, this library of, of uh, published articles. And until the last couple of years, it was easier for me to find internal pioneer research by just Googling stuff uh, <laughs> than actually getting on the website and try to try to manage through what that information was, you know, and, and, and I say that a little bit with sarcasm, but at the same time, I don't because it was a little bit cumbersome to find directly what you wanted before. And in the last couple of years with you guys updating a lot of this and then the remodifications of the overall website, it is, I, I would suggest anybody can go to that easily and find what they're looking for. Yeah, you're correct. That's the, the accessibility and usability of the, of the site has improved a lot in the last couple of years. So that was a, 
I mean, I did that as well. I'd go to find stuff that I'd written in a lot of cases on the public <laughs> website. I'd just Google it. And I mean, that's a perfectly good way to get you there. You just type in the topic and pioneer and it'll get you there as well. But uh, yeah, the, the, the categories and the, the search function on the website, um, you can go directly there and find a, just a, a ton of material on a, a range of different topics. So in this book, there are 160 pages in this book, very dense information as far as every page is packed with pictures, diagrams, and good information and sources. Um, a lot of this is opportunistic things, just what happened, I imagine, over the summer that you're going to do an article on. Do you pre-plan a lot of this stuff, though, as far as what's going in the 2023 book? We've got these research experiments out there, and we're going to publicize this in the next year's book, or is it kind of put together later in the year? Um, it's, uh, it's an ever-evolving process, and there's never any shortage of, of topics. A good example of a, a recent podcast guest of yours, Clint Pilcher, uh, one of our internal uh, entomology experts. So he helped uh, with a corn rootworm article, corn rootworm here. biology, population dynamics in the book this year. So to, to leverage his expertise. Every podcast we do <laughs> comes that. back to rootworm. I'm surprised. Thank I see that page 96 of, of this. Thank you, Mark. Research, Thank you. Research guide. <laughs> Page 96. I'm surprised Wardeen read any other article except for that one. <laughs> you know, the one I did read intently was the uh, the one on smoke. That had to be an opportunistic one. I know we get smoke in the Corn Belt every year, but this year we were really worried about it. And that article was kind of interesting that some can be bad and some well, you know what? You know why they finally wrote something on smoke is because, like Mark said, he he does stuff near and dear to his heart in <laughs> Illinois, and that's yeah. affecting the eastern corn belt at times. And this is this is newer for you guys, you know, in the east, right? The smoke cover, the solar radiation decrease. Yeah, we've seen it uh, the last few years in in central Iowa. I don't know if it's showing up as much in my my home area in Illinois yet, but but yeah, that's definitely present here. And that, you know, five years ago, that was, I had no idea that I could walk outside my door in central Iowa and smell smoke that's blown in from a wildfire that's burning in California or Oregon. That was kind of mind blowing to me to discover that. And then of course, that's, you know, unfortunately become a, a more uh, common, common occurrence here uh, in the central corn belt. And that was, that was the most popular article that we published this year. Like, got a, a lot of interest and it was one I enjoyed taking on because it was an interesting question. It's, you know, we're starting to see this pretty frequently. What, uh, what impact can that have? So I set about just digging into the research literature and uh, seeing different universities, what they were observing just in terms of the severity of it to get an idea of you know, the, the scope of the, the issue and tried to really pull together what I could, you know, what we know about possible impacts of, of wildfire smoke on, on crop growth. And it, you know, it turns out it's complicated. As you might <laughs> imagine, I, you know, I spent a ton of time digging into that. And it was really, really interesting to learn about, but I think that's one, you know, we know some of the, the basics of, you know, the effects that it can have on crops, but as to what those effects will actually be in the impact on yield going forward, I think, uh, there's still a lot to learn in that area. So yeah. that'll be and, one that we probably circle back and update in a couple of years with some new research. And, and a lot of it is not that you can do anything about it. I mean, it, you know, it's in the air, it's in the environment that summer, you just got to deal with it, but it helps you manage expectations, you know, as far as, you know, when your ears are setting kernels and we can, uh, you know, 
there's a probability we're going to have some tip back because the solar radiation's reduced. And sometimes it's not all bad either. Sometimes it's uh, like this year, we expected a lot of tip back and we didn't see it. And uh, why is that? You know, it's just sometimes. Well, you, you know, what, yeah, you know, what's interesting about that, Mike, because I'm going to jump in here real quick on that wildfire piece. And the other the other part of what this book has done is helped us get into that yield pyramid information yeah. that pioneers released. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I really started, I mean, cause we all know environment plays a huge role in the outcome of yield, you know, just the, the weather in general. And so I was looking at the yield pyramid book for the Western corn belt specifically. And there's a few things in there that you, you look at, and if you don't realize what you're reading, you may not understand it, but population was, was a very high contributor to overall yield in the Western Corn Belt. And when I was reading through what that environment entailed was typically higher solar radiation in general because of the location, but one big driver of yield was GDUs. And it was more of a driver of yield than radiation because of our location, our solar radiation, Langley's is usually higher than other parts or Eastern Corn Belt per se. So with smoke in the Western Corn Belt that typically has higher radiation, even some of that smoke will keep it optimal levels of radiation, of solar radiation to grow a crop. But that same level of smoke, say in the Eastern Corn Belt, where solar radiation is already lower per se, has a higher influence on overall yield than what it would be in the West. So even they were measured the same amount of smoke, it's a less contributor to overall final yield within that environment. And and that's the the interesting part is you can take a lot of these articles and then put those right together with the yield pyramid book and look at those high influencing factors of yield and and really start getting some good conclusions to how things are going to react or predictions of how you can make things better. This book complements the Yield Pyramid publication quite well. I mean, the Yield Pyramids have been great, um, you know, leveraging the data that we have available to answer some of those questions about, you know, what yield limiting, what are the yield limiting factors in corn in different environments across the Corn Belt and beyond. Great to have have that information, that data where you can look for trends there, but then it's also important to really contextualize that in what you know about, you know, the biology of the corn plant. And I think you put those two together, um, you know, the data that gives you the, you know, the hint as to what sort of trends you're seeing and kind of that economic understanding, those, those two together, I think is, you know, really, really powerful set of insights there. But overall, great information. Find it at pioneer.com or, you know, get with your sales rep, field agronomist, product agronomist, ask about it. We all do have hard copies of those with us. Not to blow your head up real big, Mark, but this this is an outstanding book this year. You know, you go through the summary of articles this year and so many of them jump out that, you know, you start tabbing them and, and looking at them. With that said, though, we, we can download this as a digital copy onto our iPad or whatever. How about previous years? Can we do that? Are the, is the 2021 there, 2020 on, online that to be able to download too? Uh, on the public website, no, I don't believe so. I think we just keep that to the uh, the current edition. But I mean, those the previous versions are, are available to uh, Pioneer employees and Pioneer reps. So they're you know, dating back probably the last five years, I think, available. And 
if you really want to dig into the archives, you'll have to contact me directly because I have that stuff. So, or maybe, maybe in the near future, you know, some tidbits out on Twitter of some of those <laughs> yeah. older ones, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think I'll have to do that. <laughs> That'd be great. It's, there's some interesting stuff there, but I think I got to give credit to in in putting together this agronomy book. I mean, to the first of all, just the uh, internal experts and, you know, university researchers that contribute to it. If you look at the end of the book, there's a you know list of everybody that's contributed content to it. Also, we have, we're lucky enough to have a, a graphic designer and publisher, April Botani, who's worked with us for almost 10 years now. And she really makes it look nice. And that, you know, that nice textured cover for the book. So mm-hmm. you have to check that out. And if you haven't, that was her idea. Well, you guys were chatting there. Um, not that I wasn't paying attention, but I was multitasking and I, Got onto pioneer.com, went into the search box, typed in 2022 Pioneer Agronomy Research Summary Book, and it popped up with a PDF version. I downloaded it real quick, a uh, very nice interactive way as well. So the table of contents in here uh, looks like it's link driven, even. Table of contents, say you're looking at it, you can click on corn rootworm biology, it'll take you right to page 96 and go through that, that article there. And Mike, just for your reference, because uh, I know you haven't read the whole thing, but if guys want to know more about the yield pyramid, it is in here on page 147 towards the end. And then, like Mark said, all the contributors uh, actually showing uh, beautiful headshots and descriptions of uh, the agronomy team as well that puts this together. So I'd encourage all of our listeners to get on pioneer.com, type in 2022 Pioneer Agronomy Research Summary Book. And you can get your digital copy right there. One other key note I've seen in here that the other things about agronomy within Pioneer, how important it is and, and really how this is the foundation of our, our business and Pioneer, the brand in general, uh, the Forward Thinking Farming webinar series on page six here looks like it uh, lists out those webinars that, uh, again, people can get on pioneer.com backslash webinars and listen to those agronomy webinars. So great resource right here in the front of the book to direct guys to more agronomy. If you're not much of a reader and digesting some of this information through text, these webinars uh, go through a lot of these random topics and you can listen to those going down the road, wherever you're at, you know, right when you get done listening to this podcast, you can go and get on a webinar. Yeah, those webinars have been a great addition uh, to our, our information offering. And, you know, there's some overlap too, between you know, we have some of the topics, we have the webinar as well as a, a print article to go with it. But yeah, like you said, those, the past webinars are all available. There's a list of them in the book. They're all available on, on pioneer.com and we have a full slate uh, in the works for 2022. Fantastic. Well, Hey, thanks, Mark. Appreciate the time. Uh, we're going to, we're going to end this, this podcast today, again, January 10th, 2022, first episode of the new year. Couldn't be happier to have you on today. On pioneer.com and the agronomy library. So certainly check it out there, get the PDF for the book. Um, I'm on Twitter at Mark Jeske. So tweet occasionally and give me a follow. Maybe I'll, I'll post some of those uh, agronomy archives and dig into that a little bit. That could be fun. That would be fantastic. That would... I, I think our good friend, Peter Hill would enjoy that. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I think he would. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot, guys. Really enjoyed talking with you today. All right. Well, you take care. Enjoy the rest of your day, the rest of the week, rest of the year. 
Have fun. This is Kicking Dirt with Mike and Adam. Take care, everyone.